0: When you pray, it's the most powerful thing in the world. It's more powerful than nuclear weapons. It's more powerful than any weapon of mankind or of the enemy. And Jesus takes our place, doesn't He? Takes on the enemy that's not even His. It's not even His fight. It's our fight. And yet... He takes it on Himself, doesn't He? And He conquers. He's victorious. (laughs) And so can we be. Look at Matthew chapter 11. As we think about striving in prayer. Go to verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, this is Jesus praying, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that You have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was Your gracious will. All things have been handed over to Me by My Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Thank you. What have you done for us? What have you done to us? You've saved us. You've given up your life for my worthless, my worthless life. I'm but a worm. And yet... You move heaven and earth to save me. Thank you. Save us now. By your Spirit we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So yesterday I was at a stoplight and Bo (laughs) said, and he says a lot of stuff, but but Bo says, he says, Daddy, look at that man over there sitting down. (laughs) Kind of gives a little laugh. Well, look over there and it's a homeless man with a sign. And, and Bo says, I really wish I could do that. <laughs> I said, well, son, um, I, I don't think you know really what's going on there. <laughs> um, and isn't that us sometimes? Isn't that us most of the time maybe in life? We really don't know what's going on or how to approach this or that, or we act like we do because now we're adults, right? We straighten our shirt and put on our clothes, right, and and hold our head high thinking we have everything understood, but there are many things in the world that we don't know, and just like Bo, we say a lot of things sometimes. We may even pray a lot of things sometimes that we have no idea what we're asking for. He just thought it was cool that everybody else was driving cars, and this guy was sitting out there in the middle of everybody. That's what he thought was cool. Uh, but in reality, it's not that cool. The guy didn't necessarily want to be there. Um, same thing with us in prayer. I've learned in my own life I prayed for a lot of things that didn't need to happen. prayed vigorously for them to happen, and yet it was better that they didn't happen. The father knows what needs to happen most. And our job is to trust Him and to pray to Him and to find His will in our praying. In other words, to learn from Him. Isn't that what Jesus says right here? Take on my yoke and what? Learn from me by walking with me. This is why He called 12 disciples. So what I want to do this morning, just very briefly, is keep first things first. And this is something we preached a few uh, about a month ago. Keeping first things first. But prayer is one of those first things. In other words, that's the most basic thing you do in the Christian life. If you claim to be a Christian, then you prayed to be a Christian. And to remain Christian, you pray. Prayer is the Christian life. You want to know what it means to be a Christian? It means you pray without ceasing. That's fundamental. That's the basic building blocks of anything that's going to happen in your life is through prayer. God will not do anything in your life without prayer. He'll do everything with prayer. Amen. And fascinatingly enough, just like the skit showed, the Lifehouse skit, uh, when Jesus prays for her, things start happening, doesn't it? And guess what? He's praying for you. That's what the Scripture says. He's praying for each and every single one of you guys. And He's praying for me. <laughs> He's praying for me. Even me, as John Wesley said. Even me. It's one thing to say Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. He did this for the sake of the world. What about for you? What about for you? And you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Prayer, Oswald Chambers says in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. It is the greater work. It's not just a tool in our arsenal uh, of spiritual warfare and striving against evil in our world and even in our own lives. It's not just a tool. It's not just a weapon. It is the goal, prayer is, It's Jesus. That's where we meet Him. Is in praying. That is the whole war, not just a piece of it. So I want to just mention a couple things as one kid would mention things to another really. uh, Not knowing the full range of even what I'm saying and not being able to practice always what I'm preaching. Uh, In other words, I'm in the same boat as you. I too can learn to pray. Jesus prayed in His earthly life. (laughs) And um, I know we don't do enough of it. Notice the first thing is this. Pray like your life depends on it. Uh, Because quite frankly it does. (laughs) Um, You know, there's an old saying that has stuck in my head ever since I heard it. And that is, There's nothing that clarifies the mind more than knowing that tomorrow you'll hang. Now, we don't really have hangings anymore in America, but imagine if you were given a death warrant for tomorrow. Would it change what you do today? Who you spent your time with? Where you spent your time? What you spent your time doing? I think it would. I believe it would. Death seems to clarify things for us, which is why, if you've ever been at the end of someone's life, they pray. What else is there to do? When the doctors can't help you, when your family can no longer help you, when mankind cannot help you any longer, you pray. You're abandoned, you pray. Foxhole, you pray. You pray. It's the most natural thing in the whole world. It's to pray. People who don't even like to pray, when they come face to face with death, they pray. It's what we do. It's what we must do. And so I wonder, the first thing this morning, I just wonder, I wonder what goes on in your mind. I don't, I'm, that's rhetorical. I don't, literally, I don't literally sit around and say, oh, I wonder what goes around in Christopher's mind. You know? No, I, I, I don't have time to do that, sadly. But, but what does go on in your mind? I just wonder, When when you're met with opposition tomorrow... When, when deadlines are missed, when, when, it's, when it's go, 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 team, tomorrow, what's going to be your reaction in your head? Is it just you doing work, building your own kingdom, trying to take care of yourself? Is it just you in there? Or is there another? Jesus says there must be another. There must be another. And prayer is that other connection. It is that it is the ultimate wireless connection. You'll never, never reach a dead zone. Uh, you have LTE all the way, even more. It's faster than LTE, um, and it's paid by his blood. It's, pay, it's done by his spirit. <laughs> and so the first thing I, I say to you just is, pray like your life depends on it. I mean, strive in prayer. I don't mean just throw up a prayer. I mean, really enter into a time, into minutes, hours, where you really pray. I mean, wherever that might be for you. Uh, For me, it's when I'm getting ready in the morning. No one else is up. I can I can really have some time with Jesus. What else am I going to do at five thirty in the morning? Pray, pray. Wherever that maybe it's. I mean, most people's commute is fifteen to thirty minutes. What are you doing there? Listening to some music or all bad things that are happening in our politicals? I mean, just why not, at least during Lent, cut it off and pray. Pray. Really strive to pray and interact with God Himself. Jesus. When we say that name, Jesus, He's there. He is our salvation. I mean, you say, well, I don't, I don't really know how to pray. Well you just said the question and that means you know how to talk and if you know how to talk, then you know how to pray. By deduction. It's not hard. It's talking to God. It's as simple as that. It's talking to... And the best kind of prayer is not one that is pre-rehearsed. That sounds good theologically, even though I like those kind of prayers. Instead, it's from the heart. Isn't that how it is with your spouse? Or those that you love? I mean, if I, if I gave a speech like I'm doing somewhat now to Jessica, that's, she'd be like, oh, "Okay, that's pretty cool, you know, yeah. All right. All right. But if it just spoke from my heart, even though the words weren't always right, even though she could tell I was struggling to really get across how much I appreciate her, how much I appreciate you, Doesn't that mean something to us? When you know something is coming from the heart, you can see the person struggling or striving. That's us. That must be our life in prayer. It's not hard. We're just lazy. We just don't want to. We would rather just live in our own head, in our own world. So I ask you again, what's going on in your head? I mean, even right now. Now, I'm not saying you have to listen to me, but are you listening to the Spirit? Or are you thinking about something who knows God knows only what? What's going on in the head? I had a friend who used to ask me that all the time, Billy Coppage. He'll actually be here this summer to preach for us. He used to say, what's going on in the head? Marshall, what's going on in the head? I thought, well, oh, yeah, a good question, you know. It is a good question. Where are you at? Do you even recognize God at work or do you just leave Him here? Is it your world or have you resigned your life to Him? You're not a Christian if you haven't resigned your life to Him. On one hand, I hate to break the news. On the other, I don't. It's the truth. Jesus saves not me, not you, not what we can do or not what we can say, it's Him. Amen. This is not a religion only. We do religious things. We come to church at a certain time and we do these certain kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's a relationship with Jesus. Amen. You must know Jesus. Just that simple. I'm giving it simple today. This is not anything weighty and heavy, but it's something we need to be reminded of. Something I need to be reminded of, the next thing is this: only children get their prayers answered now that's uh that may be a big statement, but I, it's backed up in the scripture. You must become like a little child, Jesus says, doesn't he in Luke chapter eighteen and elsewhere, even here, notice that it's not given to the wise or those with great understanding, but rather it's revealed, Jesus says, to little children. Verse 25. To little children. Now, what does that mean? I ask myself next, right? I mean, I mean, if God only answers little kids' prayer, little children's prayer, then that means that I'm out, that means you're out? No, not necessarily, right? It means we must, though, be reborn, born again, and become like a little child. Now, you know, what does that mean? First thing it means, the persistence of a child. Think about how persistent a child is. I mean, my son, Baylor in particular, I mean, I can see some of you people sighing already. Tell me about it. Daddy, 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 daddy. That, so I have a record broken record on? I mean, somebody skipped that over. I mean, is that the only thing you can say, son? Chill out, can't you say I'm doing something, daddy, 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 daddy? Okay, buddy, what is it? You know, uh, God says, you know, be like the persistent widow, right? Who uh, there was an unjust judge didn't even want to give her what she wanted because she just kept coming back over and over and over and over and over and over again. He says, you know what, woman? I am tired of seeing your face. If I do this thing, will you leave me alone? You bet it. It's done. Just like that. Bada bing, bada boom. And then Jesus says, look, if the unjust judge did it, why not the just judge? And yet, do you not find in your own life, we hear a prayer request, we have a need, a financial need, whatever, attitudinal need, Um a friend that's not a Christian, we throw up one prayer and we're done. We're done. Ah, well, you know, didn't hear anything back, so I guess that's it. Okay, done with that. Check. We must be persistent like a kid. We must continually ask until it's done, until we get confirmation. Don't give up. Remember what we said last week? Never give up. Never give up. Never, ever, ever, ever give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. He wants to do good things among us more than we know. More than we can understand. And more than we can even handle. We've got to be persistent. <laughs> the problem is we're deaf. We are blind. We are lame. The Scripture says. That's our problem. Until we are born anew, we can't hear God. We can't see God around us. We, we can't do what we need to do or want to do or know should be done. And it's because of our paralysis. But He can heal us from that. Did you know that? With this power of His Spirit. That's why He sent His Spirit. Remember the, the lady at the well again? Woman, the Spirit is coming. One day you won't have to worship in Jerusalem. You can worship right here in Madison, at Harvest Point, in Mississippi, in Nicaragua, Africa, Indonesia, China, even this morning, as they whispered their way through services in some places on their knees. And here we are, and all we can think about is what we have to do in our, in our own schedule. I'll tell you again what's going on in the head? What's going on in your head? What's going on in your heart? Your head's connected to your heart, you know? Your will? Does it want Jesus? Do you need a miracle? Here's the other thing. Not only are kids persistent, but they're innocent, aren't they? Absolute innocence. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny sometimes how innocent their intentions are. You know, even though they may be wrong... The innocence of that intention gets things done. I mean, it breaks your heart sometimes. When I I, I see Baylor and Jackson interacting and stuff, and just the intent, the the want to, even though they don't have any way possible to do it, they, they, they have the right heart in it. You see, what's interesting is, their words may not be right, but their intentions are right. The flip side of that, us adults, our words are right, but our intentions are not, go unplug that thing. It's the coffee maker, just unplug it. Shh. <clears throat> it's not someone drumming their fingers. Hmm. Um, you see, we have tried to do just what Jesus said not to do in His parable of the publican and the tax collector. You guys remember this? Remember, the publican is a tax collector. He's a cheat. He's a sinner, a known sinner. He comes into the temple alongside the Pharisee. The Pharisee's got a suit on and a a nice tie like I've got on today. and And he stands upright. And this is the way he prays to God, which is the normal way to pray to God, actually. With your hands lifted up and your face to heaven. And so he prays and he said, Thank you, Lord, that I am not like a sinner who cheats and who does these bad things. Instead, you know I love, you know I even fast twice a week in order to prove my love for you. So thank you, Jesus, that, or you know, God, that you, that, you, uh, that you love me. And the public, and all he can say is he makes a fist, puts his head down, and beats his chest and says, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. Jesus says, "Which one went away, justified? It's the sinner. It's the sinner. How many of us, if we were honest, we're the ones who fix up, fix ourselves up today, present ourselves to God as already righteous, as already justified. We throw to Him our good works, and the whole time, in an hour and a half that we meet together, we miss Him the entire time. We do a lot of stuff. We keep ourselves busy." Busyness can be our enemy sometimes because we never still ourselves before the Maker. The only one who can save us. See, I'm just being real this morning. We need to become like little kids. I need to be. I need to have the right intention in my prayer. The reason some of our prayers don't, don't get answered is because they're stupid. You might not like that. But my prayers, oftentimes, are only to preserve myself. And I had a friend who really challenged me recently. He said, you know, at all the prayers that he's read in the Bible, none of them are about self-preservation. Moses doesn't just offer up a prayer saying, help me get through the day, Lord, just protect me. Make sure I don't get run over by a camel. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. And yet, what I find in my own life, I'm just bearing my soul to you during Lent, it's time of confession, is I find that I pray way more for myself than I do for you. Self-preservation. That's not intercession. That's immaturity in my praying. And the reason my prayers don't get answered is because I'm not praying the will of God. When you pray His will be done, like we say in the Lord's Prayer, it's going to get done. Amen. It will get done. He already wants it done. He just needs people like us to do it. But I'm too lazy or too involved in my own kingdom to worry with His kingdom. I don't strive in prayer. And that means things don't happen. And when things don't happen, His kingdom doesn't go forth. And His plant, which is the church, doesn't grow and produce fruit. He wants us to grow something to share, not to keep for ourselves. We need to be innocent in our intentions. Not worried about ourselves, but instead concerned about... Isn't that what Paul says? Be more concerned with your brothers and your sisters. Carry them in your hearts in prayer to God. Do you even do that? Do you even have a handful of people? I'd say just pick 12. That's what Jesus did. But do you even have 12? Do you even have 4? Also, the truthfulness of children. <laughs> uh, they're pretty, tr- pretty truthful, aren't they? They're not going to... Um, they haven't learned our ways of manipulation as adults, have they? Our finesse. They don't really have that. They just kind of blunt say things, don't they? And yet, that's what God's looking for. He's looking for truth. I've noticed that even in my praying at times, I try to put on a show. I'm in my car alone. And yet I still try to put on a show. I still try to present myself in such a way as to try to get something from God. And He says to me, Son, I'm not playing that game that you humans play. You know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Hey, thanks for doing that. I owe you one. God doesn't play that game. We only owe Him. He doesn't owe us anything. Every bit of His work and suffering and grace and His mercy is a free gift. He chose to do it just because He loves us. No one had His arm behind His back. He didn't owe anybody anything And yet, He's given us everything. Jesus, (laughs) trying to teach those twelve disciples of His, brings before them a little kid. And He says, This is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Now you can imagine, right? Because they had been arguing. If you read in Matthew 18, there they had already been arguing: who's the greatest? Who's going to get to sit at his right hand? You because know, man, I've been working really hard, you know, and so I, I, I expect I'm going to get a couple extra crowns than you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I know you're doing a good job and everything, but mine's going to have a couple rubies and yours not going to have. Jesus brings my little kid, who's not even concerned with the rat race. Are they? My sons aren't. They have no idea about all the work that we have to do each week or that you have to do each week. They just think money falls out of the sky. They have no idea about the rat race that we get ourselves caught up into and spun up into and the internal struggles. They're not dealing with that. They're here to play. They're ready to play. And as we get older and as adults, we feel like we've moved beyond that. And Jesus says, you must not. You must not. This is the Father's playground. And here you are just working around, and here I am, just got my own agenda. And yet, this is His playground. Look outside today. That's His world. This is His playground. Yeah, we got to work. He even works. But there's also time to enjoy life, to be filled with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It's because of Jesus We're His kids. He's given us these jobs. He's given us these gifts to be used of Him. It's it's not my world. It's not my body. It's not my gifts. Those are not my children. That's not my wife only. It's His. Before she's mine, she's His. If you don't understand that, then you haven't gotten some basic things down about who owns everything. Because it's not me. And it's definitely not you nothing against you or me <laughs> I only raise my voice because I get excited you know I always have to warn people in my class you know because I'm, I'm like I'm not mad at you I just man you know I get excited so I just you know I can't, I can't keep it down you see what I'm saying I just just comes out also if you think about the orientation of a child <laughs> they're not they're not when, when my boys pray they don't pray lord help me through this great depression i'm in and you know lord help me help me with my financial problems and with all these people at work that i really hate and i have to work with them that's no I ne- we never hear any about that you know no they they don't even pray Pray for the things that we're interested in praying in. I think if we prayed as a little kid, we would see God's world as very different. We would see our friends out here who who sometimes can seem like enemies, but they're not. They're just in need like we used to be. And and we don't kick them when they're down, but instead we lift them up. Amen. People say, you know, man, we got so many problems at the church. Well, yeah, where'd you expect we were? There are sinners among us. That's okay. Jesus says, Don't, we're not gonna uproot them. This is not heaven. Maybe the kingdom of heaven, but it's not heaven yet where everybody's been separated. We still have people in this room who still don't know who Jesus is. That ought to break your heart. You ought to carry them in prayer. You ought to see coming here to this worship service as a ministry rather than a give me. It's time to grow up. Be like a little child in prayer, and yet at the same time the Apostle Paul says, once you're born again, you must grow up. You must become mature. Some of you guys have been in church a long time. Some of you have have been toying with church for a long time. It's time to grow up. It's time not to come here to get something. Instead, it's time to give. Jesus did not come to get something from us. He gave of Himself. That's why the cross is our symbol and not a grocery bag. We give, not just receive. Here at church, this is a place of ministry. Yes. And as soon as we walk out those doors, your life is a ministry. As soon as you as soon as you start interacting with your kids who are back here being ministered to, that's ministry. You're discipling. I mean, I have four disciples that follow me around and bug me all the time, right? <laughs> Pull on me, need me. That's okay. Because this is my posture right here. Not this. Not grasping, but this. So be like a little kid. Because Jesus is always going to answer the prayers of little kids. Uh, I think we had a picture up there earlier um, of Jackson at a wedding with me. And it's probably the most powerful picture I've ever... uh, ever ever owned, and it's of my own son. I didn't know. I, I was just praying over Thomas and Kelly at their wedding, and the photographer ended up snapping a shot, and I had no idea because, I mean, I was I was engaged in prayer, had my eyes closed. But Jackson had placed his hand on Thomas and on me, kind of in the sign of the cross as he was interceding with me, with his daddy, for this young family that was about to get married. and And it really... Uh, The photographer said it was the best picture he's ever taken, um, actually. And and actually her mother told me yesterday, uh, Kelly's uh, grandmother, sorry, said that 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 is her favorite picture from that wedding. And it's because a little kid is praying. That's why. A little kid is praying. He's just, he's imitating his father. You hear what Jesus is saying? Imitate the father. We're sons and daughters of the king. And we are meant to have one hand in heaven, and one hand on earth. And we do that through prayer. Intercession. It's what Jesus came to do. And that's the sign of the cross, isn't it? It absolutely is. Last two things, pray through. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, pray through to confirmation. You know, this morning I noticed when I was cooking breakfast that everything I touched from the stove to the microwave to my refrigerator, everything was beeping at me. Beep, 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 deep, deep. So four hundred you know, then I got up here, beep and then I got over my for ice. I'm like, wow, what, you know, what, what is this? I never have noticed this. Like everything's beeping at me, confirming to me of what I've touched. And I thought to myself, you know what? We too, when we're praying, we want confirmation, don't we? We we want to know that we're not just speaking to the air, right? We wanna know that. And you know what? God gives us that kind of confirmation. He does. He gives us signs. He gives us spoken words through His church or events that actually happen. And and like I always say, you think we prayed about that, right? Which we did. But sometimes, sometimes we, we push the right buttons like Reagan was saying on our cell phone to get the wireless connection. And it doesn't seem like anything is coming through, does it? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we've all had that time in our life where we're praying and yet we don't feel anything. There is no answer. St. John of the Cross said, that is called for Him the dark night of the soul. Which means that God is testing us to see if we're in this for the goodies or we're in this for Him. The only way He's going to know that is if He tests us. And so He's silent. He's silent. And either at that point, we turn away from Him and say, well, you know what? God didn't do it. And so therefore, I'm just going to do this myself. Or we wait for Him. We wait. We wait in faith. Some of us have reached that point and we've turned away from God and now you're where you are and you're not satisfied. You're not happy. You feel like your prayer life Stinks. And it does. Because you haven't waited for God. And He's still there. He's still where you left Him. You're the one that turned away. Amen. It's never on His end. We, we're the first ones to blame Him. And yet it's never on His end. It's always on my end. And we go to pointing the finger like Adam and Eve. And it's me. It's me. It's me that stands in the need of Prayer. And so we need to pray through until we get confirmation from Jesus Christ because ultimately we need to pray through not just for the goodies, not just for the answered prayers, but we pray because of Jesus. We pray to get to Jesus. Amen. That's where we're going. Not just a, a simple fix. I mean, you think of Lazarus. Jesus prayed for him. He rose from the dead. Whoop-dee-doo, He died twice. You get cured from cancer. You're still going to die. You, you get cured from this or that. Or God does this one thing in your life. You're still going to meet death one day. He is the goal. Not just some answered prayers. Not just our own personal preference in life. Or what I want to see happen. But the greater view here, which is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the goal of our praying, not just His goodies. If my kids grow up and all they ever learn from me is that I give them things and provide shelter for them, that's not enough. That's not what parenting is. One day they must love me. And you know what? Sometimes I'll withdraw the gifts just to teach them to love me without the gifts. And so does God. We must love Him out of an innocent heart, a pure heart. Do you? Do you have that pure heart? Are you a Christian this morning? You say, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what makes you a Christian? You say, well, I go to, go to church and I sing and do this and I do that and I give my money and, you know, this is what we've always done. I, I live a good life. That's not being a Christian. That's not being a Christian. That is not being Christ. Being a Christian is knowing and loving Jesus, the person, not the idea, not the religion, but the person. You say, "Well, how do I meet him?" I mean, how do you you meet him the same way they did in the first century? He's still alive, you know. You haven't heard? Easter's coming. Resurrection from the dead. (laughs) You meet Him by hearing the good news like you've heard today. That's how people knew about Him in the first century. Then you seek Him out. And Jeremiah, way back in 500 and something B.C., he said, Seek God and you will find him when you've searched for him with all your heart. Some of you in this room have not gotten that part where you really need him with all your heart. You need him. You don't want to go to hell. You want to live a good life. That's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. You need Jesus, you need a meeting with the risen Christ. You know, I pray for every single one of you. (laughs) And I hope you pray for for me. Because I need it just as much as you. But I know that some of you don't really love Jesus. I wish I could, you know, sling some people up against the wall sometime. That's not how it works. I didn't meet Jessica and say, pull out a gun and say, hey babe, you're coming home with me. You know. (laughs) Love, Love doesn't work like that. I can't make you love God but you know you need Him just call His name that's the first step that's the simplest prayer there is is to simply say Jesus Jesus have you called that name really in your heart have you cried out of the depths of your heart for Him to save you to sanctify you to set you apart for His purposes, to resign your life, to take up His cross, and to follow Him. If you haven't, you can today. It can be a glorious day. It can be a day filled with joy. It can be His day and not your day. A new day. A day of rebirth. A day of sanctified, which is to be set apart for His purposes. That's my prayer for you. And I'm saying it as one kid from another. So it's one thing to talk about prayer. And it's another to do it. So we're through talking about it. Let's do it. Mm